Hello and welcome to the 150th, 150th anniversary Film Ireland podcast. We've recently been demoted from iTunes for getting just about too massive and now we're back on SoundCloud. So this is kind of a, an inaugural one for us again. We're back in the basement. Rory has apparently escaped. Or uh, died, it's unclear. Well, we found chewed through ropes and uh, at least three of the five tins of dog food I've left here are untouched. <laughs> so I can only gather that he left at some point in the last seven days. Um, hopefully he's out there watching movies somewhere and he'll be back to talk about them again sometime soon. But for the moment, I've had to garner up some new Film Ireland plebs. Here I have with me Richard Drum. And Hello. Oh my God. I've forgotten your name. <laughs> My name is Jonathan Victory. I am here of my own free will. Is Victory really your second name? Yes, I would. If I was gonna make up a name, I wouldn't pick one as obviously fake as Victory. You know, <laughs> I don't know, McLovin. I mean, anyway. Um, Excuse me, I have a bit of a cold, but uh, yeah, no, I'll power through. I don't uh, worry. If, I know you can't hear this, but um, you can't hear the smell of aloe vera tissues. That's exactly what Jonathan's reeking up the place with. The sort of musky scent of death is gone from the cellar. I'm kind of upset about that personally. I'm getting the musk over here. Maybe it's just wafting your direction. No. Well, maybe the musk is me. Maybe I'm dead. (laughs) I was never here at all. I don't know. You're that sort of pallid pale. The only way to really know will be to check your pulse, Richard. Anyway, we're going to boost right into uh, news. We're current as ever. We're going to uh, just talk about our wee reaction to the Oscars. Uh, I did an an interview with a a master's studies in... um, UCD there last week just about this she's publishing like a magazine or something right. and uh, I found I had some interesting things to say which is why I decided to repeat them <laughs> right here you heard them here a second um, lads what do you think of the night that was Richard you're probably unhappy about Birdman getting so much but then again you didn't like Boyhood exactly I'm actually happy that Birdman rather than Boyhood won Boyhood won the one thing it deserved to win which is Patricia Arquette and that was it so yeah Birdman I don't the hate Birdman Patricia Arquette that's all that deserved to win for Boyhood I didn't yeah. know she was a prize um <laughs> No, no, yeah, she was. She was very good. Uh, but uh, what did you think of Birdhood uh, taking her home? Birdhood. Birdhood. Um, a crossover. That was fine. I mean, I, Whiplash obviously would prefer to win everything, but... Me too, yeah. It was never going to win everything, so yeah, boy, or... Oh, Christ. Birdman, yeah, grand, whatever. It's fine. It's a perfectly okay movie. The Oscars mm. are perfectly okay. They're made for each other. Good times. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I, 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 those films nominated, I thought uh, Birdman definitely deserved it. I know you most. did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I... I you see, I, th- I mean, I think like Whiplash was the best movie of last year. I like, I think ideally that would have won, but I, I did That's love Birdman. Not correct. I I loved Birdman though, so I'm perfectly happy with Birdman winning all those things. I mean, I I think one thing that kind of annoyed me is that um, in the screenplay category, uh, Whiplash didn't win and The Imitation Game did. But then the guy the guy who wrote The Imitation Game gave a very good speech, so. He did, yeah. Uh, he did, um, but um, the imitation game as a whole was just... Uh, it was just that... perfectly adequate. Yeah, perfectly exactly. adequate, but the, like Whiplash the, the was a great story, script, when, though. The story itself was just more interesting than the film yeah. turned out to be, which is uh, which is always a bit of a bummer, as I'm concerned. For a film that, like... Uh, and, uh, yeah, the speech was very moving uh, and all that, so the heart was definitely in the right place yeah. with that screenplay. But for a film that... Uh, and I've said this before in the podcast that it sort of went out of its way to um, to highlight um, homophobia in um, like a post-war Britain up until yeah. I think the 1970s um, it really shied away from homosexuality as a topic I thought the same thing because mm. when I saw it the first time I didn't think they really addressed it at all and then suddenly the last kind of text scroll like, oh this was that's what the message was right <laughs> that didn't come through at all for the last two hours the other thing I'd say about the Oscars is that in the best actress category I, re- I was really hoping Marion Cotillard would win for two days one night because she was fantastic in that but uh, I, I 
I'm happy enough Julianne Moore winning you know like, like I think she deserved to like she was due an Oscar and she's apparently very good in this uh, Still Alice thing but yeah haven't seen Still Alice um, seen Two Days One Night I thought uh, yeah Marion Cotillard was very good in it but at the same time I totally see where uh, the Academy were going with it it was like when um, Paul Newman won for The Colour of Money it was just like it was kind of getting late and they realised they hadn't given her an Oscar yeah. she's deserved to win one for several years now so it's all good that mm. she's got a statue as far as I'm concerned because Marion Cotillard has won already for to be honest, yeah. a film that I didn't think was even that great. Well, I mean, I was I was happy like she was even just recognised for nomination because I th- I thought it was great. She was, it was I really liked that movie. Yeah, no, I agree. Which I thought it was very good. Um, now uh, moving uh, slightly along that, I didn't think there was any major surprises. I was pretty happy with the most. Well, the, the one big travesty was that the Lego Movie didn't win Best Song. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen Selma. I'm sure the song is very moving and impactful and Selma's meaningful. Selma actually is very but... good. Selma itself a little bit dull. Yeah. Uh, but the the part where the song is um, used uh, is nearly the best part of the film. The, yeah, end, cre- the end credits. Um, the, the end credits are actually very cool. No, uh, they're, uh, <laughs> that's uh, not really. There's, there's great phrase. sequences in Selma, but um, overall, uh, yeah, it's only alright. But no, uh, one thing that I, I did very much realize about the Oscars in a recent rewatch of um, Dan Gilroy's fantastic film Nightcrawler, even better mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided for myself, and I think this is wholeheartedly true that that film probably would have taken home an Oscar word in a different language because when it comes to uh, <laughs> dark subject matter um, the Academy ain't shy look at the you're nom- a very cynical young man Donica, aren't you uh, tell me that ain't true if that like uh, look at the nomination uh, did you see, did anybody see, first of all I think the foreign language category um, from what I had seen this year yeah. everything was brilliant mm. I'd seen uh, Ida Wild Tales Ida was great and Le- Leviathan I would have mm. given it to Leviathan personally but um, from what I had seen didn't see it Leviathan was terrific. Ida oh, is a great director, so like I'm, I'm happy Ida won. So cool. Um, but uh, my point being that I, I really would have thought um, I do think Nightcrawler and darker English language films would be recognised. For the sake enough. of proving your point, remake Nightcrawler next year on your own, off your own <laughs> back, and just put it in like Irish or something, and see what happens. <laughs> I, uh, not an Irish, no, no, no <laughs> a Irish. sexier language than Irish. There's, well, plus there's, the Irish isn't big enough to uh, garner a mass media. We're not a foreign language, language, are we? Uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> or a domestic but I mean at the same time there's not enough of a population oh, what are you going to do have a have a bunch of competing gnarly TG Cahar journalists actually cameras? sounds kind know. of amazing uh, <laughs> I suppose <laughs> shoot it in like the boglands yeah that'd be great no, this uh, actually sounds brilliant I want, I want this to happen though well uh, you take full charge of that because <laughs> I am no longer interested in the subject but I do I, I do think that there's genuinely something in that I don't like I personally, out of any of the films, like I think Nightcrawler was better than Whiplash. I think it was better than Birdman. I think it was better, better than Birdman. Yeah, I'm better, not better than Whiplash. No. I really like Whiplash. I love Nightcrawler too. I don't know. That's kind of pick between Whiplash, babies. I gotta say, was the biggest underwhelmer for me last year. I'd still think it was a five star film, but for all everybody was saying about yeah. it, like let me down. I was just like, it was when I saw the trailer. I thought brilliant, and then it was exactly as brilliant as I would thought uh, thought it would have been from the trailer. But the chit chat everybody was giving me in between me seeing the trailer and the film left it falling short for me. See, I was the reverse. I saw the trailer and went, that looks alright, J.K. Simmons looks fun. Then I saw it and was completely blown away by it, so I don't know. Like, for instance, I thought the like there was an unnecessary jump for rea- from reality that the film didn't need when he got into a car crash and went anyway. I really... <laughs> I, like, I, 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 I know what you mean. I, I just I didn't, didn't that. think that worked with the rest of the film. Okay, I actually thought I, that was the end of the film the first time around. Like, that, that would be a decent point to end it on, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah, I kind of felt a bit unnecessary in hindsight. 
The I ending, I thought, was great. I love the ending. Yeah, the ending was really, really I think that's why people are talking about it so much, because the ending is so strong, that it kind of it elevates the rest of it by proxy. Yeah, yeah just... you're, like, sh- physically shaking. Yeah. In the I mean, like, I mean, I, I think it's going to be on film studies courses in the future. There's just something... I mean, won the Oscar for editing, rightly. It's very well edited. It should have won for writing, because it's, it's so... Re- like, characters are all set up. The world they're sort of operating in is mm. so well set up. I mean, I think it's going to be remembered in your... Like, or it should so. be. It's, it's a good case study of, like... More than Boyhood, well, anyway. Right. Uh, I don't. I, I don't actually think there'll be many memorable things from the Oscars this year. I did the one no, I think they're wrong. There's nothing really this year's the, list. The one film that I think from last year that will really last and stand the test of time and probably be studied, yeah. uh, I think, will be Nightcrawler. Hopefully, um, I like. I think I, everything from it down to the original soundtrack that seems to like it's gas the way it, ju- it juxtaposes imagery with with how nice everything sounds, and that's just because that's the way Lou Bloom's feeling yeah. like when he's dragging that body to set up the shot <laughs> and it's like the sound, the soundtrack is of an epiphany it's fantastic initially the soundtrack was my one major gripe with that movie but kind of thinking about it more like that actually was a genius selection of a soundtrack it was just a really kind of patriotic American sounding but it, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. works very well it reminded me of, like have you ever seen Aaron Morris's debut documentary Gates of Heaven no uh, it's a film that uh, seems to very much be about one very dexter subject matter that being a pet cemetery and people's belief in an afterlife and then Basically, as it goes around to interviewing everybody involved in the project, it transposes to be a film about what you consider success to be. Because the the, the guy who runs the cemetery considers yeah. it a successful business. His brother, who keeps the grass, is basically uh, just trying to, like, he just likes a peaceful life. And uh, it's very interesting. And okay. more interesting, again, it's when the. Aaron Morris initially proposed the idea, of course, to uh, Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, who considered Morris a genius but incapable <laughs> of completing a project, said to him that oh, if he ever there. completed the project, he would uh, eat his own shoe. Oh, and this is what that was for. Yeah, oh, yes. okay, he, right. He cooked and ate his own yeah, shoe. Yeah, I've, I've seen that video, yeah. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a short film called Werner Herzog Eats His Shoe, and it's it's just a, like a 16-minute short about him eating the shoe yeah. and talking about the past. proven wrong. It uh, is he cooked it with garlic. See. And you yeah, know, and he had a really elaborate recipe as well. He wasn't just going to eat a shoe, of course. You know, he'd, he'd cook it in a proper broth with stuff. And yeah, so. well, it's Werner Herzog, of course he would. Oh, that brilliant man. Uh. Uh, yeah, well, brilliant, brilliant man, and he's going to be directing uh, uh, Edward Cullen of Twilight fame very soon, playing uh, D. E. Lawrence. Well, the, the film is actually wrapped. It's a film. Uh, right. uh, it's about a female explorer. He's been wanting to make it for years. Like, I watched you know, that. His last foray into fictional filmmaking was a very interesting failure, uh, as far as I was. My son, my son, what have you done? Did you ever see that? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, it was really, really boring. I didn't hate it, oh. but that's because you know Michael Shannon was there, being terrifying, and you could see the Lynch influence, and Grace Zabriskie was just weird. Yeah, that's the I, thing. I, I was, was never just so during. weird. There was, I, I found something captivating about it, and just how utterly crazy it was like it was just yeah I like, agree nothing really, really happened that, though that's sort of no, true no, that's a great thing it's kind yeah. of like afterwards it's like there was no point to that but I still kind of thought wow <laughs> what are you talking about it, 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 something does happen in it it's, there's a police siege William Defoe turns up he's great oh yeah <laughs> Michael, Mike, Michael Shannon's great there's somebody somebody gets murdered inside the house all of that is very interesting and then I, like I say interesting failure because I don't know it hurts out just as a tendency to, to follow his instinct and his instinct mm. told him that some theatre that Michael Shannon's character was doing recently <laughs> influenced him in the murdering of his mother and he focused way too much on that and it got really boring it's like a, his early film uh, Heart of Glass and to be honest, Roger Ebert seen. included in his great movie series and it's, he's just incorrect it's just extremely boring Herzog hypnotized all the actors and they're just <laughs> really, really shite. 
But at the same time, it's what they would call an interesting failure. But his next foray into uh, filmmaking is apparently it's going to be slightly epic. It's set like turn of the century when being an explorer still mattered. I'm kind of interested. It all sounds it. good. Yeah, I love uh, that. And Robert Pattinson's in it, who hasn't put a foot wrong since he no. stepped out of Twilight. As far he as deserved an Oscar for the rover, actually, going back to that topic. Oh, yeah, yeah. Most wasn't un- even nominated. Wasn't even nominated. Most unsung performance of last year. Yeah. He was fantastic. He really was. Um, right. Uh, moving right into that, something more uh, close to home and domestic. Um, let's have a gander at uh, the Jameson Dublin International Film Festival. I was at the launch of that, and I can confirm that they, at the press uh, the launch, uh-huh. they had croissants... Pan au chocolat, Danish, oh and maple pecan plat. Um, all very good. I tried each one. Everybody <laughs> else was being shy. They were only trying one pastry each. I just went for it. A noticeable absence of apple lattice this year. Disappointing. Disappointing. Disappointing, but apparently the apple wasn't very fresh last year. So I, I think they mm. just decided to teach that that particular company a lesson. No, that that makes sense. Lesson or others. But that said, the pecan plats were amazing. Um, so five stars? Yeah, four and five, a half? five stars for the Jameson Dublin right, International yeah. Film Festival. Very good, very good. As far as I'm concerned. <laughs> very, very good. No, let's uh, get on more so to the top. Uh, 140 <coughs> films uh, yeah, is going to be uh, across uh, a whopping number. Um, Ten th- days, I think? Uh, no, four, sorry, 140 <laughs> countries. Uh, films from four. Oh, sorry, right, yes. Are, are coming up in it. And yeah, over, over 10 days exactly. Uh, Dum Drum, the Pavilion, um, in Don Leary, it's all very, very interesting. Don Leary this year as well. That's yeah, a bit and seventy-five percent of them will never be screened again. Now, things that I'm interested in seeing: mm-hmm. um, Berani's Ninety-Nine Homes, which is his first foray into slightly mainstream filmmaking, and that it has Andrew Garfield and Michael Shannon. I don't know. Has anybody he seen any of his films? Uh, Man, Man Push Cart, Goodbye Solo, and. Uh, Chop Shop have all been nope. very, very, very yep. interesting indie fair. I think I've uh, heard of Chop Shop. That's about it. Um, yeah, no, Chop Shop is uh, Chop Shop. Uh, Chop Shop is 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 a bit of a doozy. And Michael Shannon's involved in this one, so once again, exactly, yeah, it's instantly, <laughs> instantly watchable. Yeah, actually, I'm uh, uh, directing a play down in Limerick, shameless blog, right now. Uh, the um, the first uh, run of which was uh, Michael Shannon in 1993 playing a 19-year-old character. Can you believe Michael Shannon was once young? <laughs> with no. like the sa- looking exactly the same, oh, with the same God. eyes and everything. I, 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 but I can't believe you, you'd cast him as a youth. How could you? <laughs> Unless it was like... Uh, like Maybe he was attractive back then. The Omen too, you can't see like. past the hindsight of like he was young once, so it's like oh. But in the upcoming adaptation of Stephen King's The Stand, uh, so far provisional casting for Randall Flagg has been Matthew McConaughey. I would totally. That's genius casting. Actually, I would totally go Michael Shannon. Really? McConaughey no, I think role. McConaughey actually works that role. That's actually really good casting. And uh, now, and uh, we've oh. got uh, The Falling, which is an Irish. Uh, uh, film coming out at it uh, the film I'm most interested to, uh, to see in the entire run will be The Tribe which is a Ukrainian film set in a school for the deaf there is hmm. no subtitles and no dialogue all oh wow okay. um, I just think it sounds fascinating yeah that really, actually sounds really, yeah. really really interesting and uh, the curator who was present herself was uh, very much pushing for that for people to go and see that one so I'm quite, quite interested right. in apart from that I uh, I saw a hardcore disco looks interesting because the screenshot inc- uh, that they had for it included a Molotov cocktail. Um, so oh, yeah. it's promising. Yeah. Hello, yeah. <laughs> uh, Noah Baumbach's uh, While We're Young. Um, I saw his Francis Ha last year, and it was one of the best films I saw last year. I, I keep meaning to watch that. Um, Dearest, which is a child in film about an abducted child, and you know it's 
one of, another one of those Chinese th- mm. fairs that's been released in the last few years. Fun the, str- the struggle of the individual against this <laughs> man, which is just yeah, uh, that always looks interesting to me. The Irish film uh, selection is looking particularly dark. We got a bunch of. Uh, uh, we got uh, the price of desire first of all, which is a woman building a house. It's predominantly in French. Blah blah blah. Eileen Gray. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we got uh, Glassland, which I'm going to see uh, next Monday out of its uh, general release. Hopefully that'll be good. Eee. It's uh, Jared Barrett's. Uh, yeah, I know. Right? <laughs> it's <laughs> weird, we're like a press screen invite. Yeah. Jack, Jack Rayner won an acting award at Sundance for it. So. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and it also f- uh, features Tony Collette, who for me is uh, always winner. Oh, uh, yeah. What's she doing in that movie? Uh, she's like uh, a Tala mum in it. Like, really? Yeah. Oh my god! She's the, I might have to watch this. She's the, yeah, she, she's kind of the Australian Tilda Swinton. That's a very specific but accurate way of putting it. <laughs> uh, let us pray. Most I'm intrigued by that yeah, one. It looks too. like it's going to be really Irish stupid, films. but yeah. I yeah, Liam I Cunningham. Love, I love a good Irish horror. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. but it's especially when it's terrible because Liam Cunningham just I don't know being Liam Neeson. I guess in this movie, as it looks like from what I heard, I'll watch it. Yeah. No, no, it's good. It's good. <laughs> if anything ever, like if Liam Cunningham ever got Liam Neeson type success, it'd be it'd be filmmaking's loss in general. <laughs> it would. Like, can you oh, can you imagine him just punching up? Ah, oh, no. Yeah, I could very easily. Yeah. Well, that said, I just was today saying I was sick out of the Liam Neeson movies, so yeah, maybe that shouldn't so be we got The canal from the. I am very intrigued by the canal. Yeah, the me too. Yeah. Uh, um, and uh, Dare to Be Wild, which is a rom com. We've, <sighs> we've also got a. Uh, uh, a Soviet Dream Team hockey documentary uh, called Red Army, which I think looks really interesting. Personally. Oh, Red Army! It's set, yeah, yeah. set during the uh, Cold War and, and stuff, um, uh, during a Winter Olympics. Um, I think that looks. It's really kind good. of like Cool Runnings. You know, it's a sport you're not expecting them to be involved in. Or really, Russians ice hockey? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> it's association with America, you know. I, I guess that's the point well, of calling it Red Army. It's like cool runnings if we're following the dudes in the red sled. Um, <laughs> it's it's the politics of it about them being a Soviet team and coming to America, presumably, isn't it? Or uh, yeah, it is. Um, hmm. It's like a sort of um, from the opposing corner of Bobby Fischer goes to war, which is a great HBO documentary from a few years ago about I'm chess. Heard of it. Um, no, uh, films and letters of Himmler. That looks do- like a doozy. That's literally a documentary. Which one's that? About it. It's films and letters of Himmler. Well, okay. It's a that's literally about, right, about, yeah. about, uh, <laughs> uh, about Himmler and little Super 8 footage that he made with his family and stuff and constructing a, a portrait of the man. Uh, it sounds like it should be on BBC late at night. Yeah, but, uh, it does. Yeah, there we go. That's one that I took down. Took mm. uh, Last Man on the Moon, which I'm going to try and see because they're presenting it in IMAX as the last film on the Sunday afternoon. There's lots of doozy space footage. Uh, and it's literally a documentary about the last man good, on the moon. Yeah. He spent... Um, I think uh, 170 hours in space in total, uh, oh, yeah. 72 of which he was literally walking on the moon, nice. which is going to be fun. Um, in old ones, we got a, a, The Crowd, In Cold Blood and the Americanization of Emily, a film starring Julie Andrews that uh, was released like a few months before The Sound of Music, The Sound of Music, The Sound of Music, Catapulter, <laughs> Superstar. Then you're not interested at all in this, but I'm interested in... Uh, the Barry Lyndon screening, which is going to have Ryan O'Neill present, and uh, you've Q&A. seen it once, you've seen it enough. Q and A from Lenny Abraham. I disagree. I've, I've seen it a couple of times. You know, I've never I, seen I, it on I, the big screen. 
Even so, I, I couldn't watch it again. I just couldn't. Uh, other things that I'm interested in are going to be uh, the Mark Cousins in conversation. You know? oh. yeah. What don't you like about Mark Cousins? <laughs> his voice, his everything. Oh, God. I'm sure he's a very intelligent man. He said some good stuff. I just can't stand listening to him talk. Russell Crowe is going to be accompanying the water diviner. Uh, Nick- Will he fight someone? We can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> That's his directorial debut, actually. It's Honestly, his first time directing. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the trailer for that, he might end up fighting. <laughs> like, it looks totally rubbish. Someone get him really drunk beforehand please oh, yeah, it looks totally like, they, the way they pushed it at the at the uh, festival launch was it's going to be kind of like uh, Russell Crowe's Saving Private Ryan and honestly Saving Private Ryan was the first film to ever make me cry uh, right. like I'm a big Saving Private Ryan fan softy. and this looks rubbish <laughs> like come on like, way, like Saving Private Ryan was an unrealistic enough presence uh, premise as it went but like this is about Russell Crowe following his dead sons to Gallipoli <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, 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 that's about all. Uh, also, uh, yeah, the salvation is going to be a Dutch western that they bring that has Mads Mikkelsen in it. Did I say Mads Mikkelsen? Mads Mikkelsen's in it. Hmm. Take a look at that, everybody. That's what I'm interested in seeing this year's. Anything interesting from yourselves, lads? Uh, Lost River. I'm interested in just because I'm Me sure too. it'd probably be terrible, but. The Ryan Gosling. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Gosling directed a movie. It looks very kind of influenced Nicholas by Winding Lynch Refn. and Nicholas yeah. Winding Refn. And uh, like, if you see the trailer for it, it actually looks like it's amazingly well shot. It looks really intriguing, but it's been getting terrible reviews. It was booed at Cannes, so it's it's like it's everything gets booed at Cannes. What people, people boo things at <laughs> film festivals, especially Cannes. This is no one takes it's a sign that of honor, is it? Or <laughs> rite of passage, I guess. I don't know. It's like, but no. But I mean, like, I, like, I really want to see it. You can boo things on moral grounds. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, if, if, like, like, to be honest, I would have booed. If I was at a film festival yeah. at the first airing of the Mandingo fight sequence in uh, uh, Django Unchained, which, oh, I, found, right, which yeah, I found yeah. genuinely offensive, um, <laughs> but like uh, no, when people are like boo, the, when I heard that there was booing at the end of the Tree of Life, it's like <laughs> what? I'll like, be honest. At the end of that one, I was you. I was debating booing that one too like, in the cinema. Well, no, because uh, yeah, I didn't like the Tree of Life, but I like. Can you imagine like it's the for me it's the equivalent of like I find art galleries extremely boring. So right. I, what am I going to do? Just just show up at art galleries and, ooh, this is rubbish! <laughs> like a football painting thing. going, ooh! Oh, this is awful! Like, like uh. I, I was once at a Stereophonics concert where uh, um, uh, Kelly Welshman, who looks like a goat, right. their singer, he was giving out to the crowd. I won't take to this. I'd never go to a Stereophonics gig. <laughs> uh, who's giving out to the crowd because they weren't responding well enough. That deserves a boo. What? <laughs> that deserves a boo. Look, I mean, the way to sell this, uh, go see Lost River at JDF. We'll all see what it's like. Um, the, the, we'll the all thing, boo it together at I won't. The other thing I, I was looking when, at when, was... When it um, got booted cans, I was delighted because it was like when I heard uh, that uh, and when I read half of uh, the moronic uh, James Franco book uh, Palo Alto uh, it was like when people try, like mm. James Franco I think he, I genuinely think he's a great actor yeah. and I was going to, uh, directing uh, previously uh, like uh, the work of Cormac McCarthy has proved very difficult mm-hmm. to get right and he's going directing one now uh, like, <laughs> and he decided he's writing a book no stick to what you're good at and when I heard that Lost River had failed spectacularly I was delighted because I don't even think Ryan Gosling is that good of an actor I think he's a great shut the fuck up and you're told um, alright yeah. yeah which is why he, he makes right. great Nicholas Finding Refn films um, I don't I, I really don't think he's a good actor um, I, I, like, I think Hitchcock would have loved him <laughs> well, he did like kind of tall blonde guys yeah who shut up and do what they're told do you know yeah he famously didn't like uh, Paul Newman and like you know loved Jimmy Stewart 
Uh, Jimmy Stewart. Who would hate Jimmy Stewart, though? I mean, there was... There, yeah, because I was looking at the Irish films that are showing at this, and, like, I'm definitely interested in The Canal and From the Dark. Like, they both look very promising, but I was uh, uh, there was an omission from it. There was a there was an Irish movie last year called Darkness on the Edge of Town that showed a Galway. Did anyone see that? Or? Nope. Cause well, it looked very good. It it was uh, fantastic because it ended up being um there the, the, there was a screening of it and at 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 some point I got to see it. it it it's fantastic it's like an Irish western set in Kerry really good it ends up showing at the Slam Dance Film Festival in America and got very good feedback there so I would have thought J Diff would be showing that like because you know like I I hope it gets a cinema release at some point anyway because like I thought I thought it was a great film um. Other than that, then there was just the, yeah yeah there was another thing that just piqued my curiosity and Jadif was uh, a movie from New Zealand called The Deadlands and uh, this is a Maori language movie that's like set in Maori times before the colonizers come and the, the reason it looked interesting to me was because it's it's about these Maoris hunting a monster played by an actor called Lawrence Makoare who in the Lord of the Rings movies whenever there was like an urukai or an orc or they or the ring wraith they needed some big guy to like play one of the evil ones they got him to do it so he's basically playing it's the nice same thing he's still getting work isn't it <laughs> <laughs> he's playing the same thing in this Maori movie that sounds really interesting so and that does yeah. sound interesting deadlines I, I, I hadn't thought of that I've always, the, uh, Maori's is a topic of uh, always fascinated me and ever since I've seen Apocalypto I've wanted to see another indigenously based film so yeah that sounds cool mm, Richard, fair enough. have you got anything you're interested uh, in I think we've covered pretty much everything I mean there's that documentary about Nicholas Winding Refn which sounds not uninteresting it, it just sounds unfortunately like it's a featurette from the DVD he only got for games they just didn't put out and put it in cinemas but yeah I'll watch him uh, we're gonna bumble through just a tiny bit more uh, news before we get on to uh, something else uh, yeah Neil Blomkamp who's a uh, chappy I'm gonna see later this afternoon mm-hmm. is officially uh, he has, has the green light from 20th Century Fox he's gonna make an alien movie they're gonna pretend 3 and 4 don't exist <laughs> uh, well they might be they're kind of, they're kind of backtracking on that now uh, well I to be honest I'd be perfectly in favour yeah. of that um, I like I've I, like I know fans of both. I'm current. I'm so excited about this. I'm I've st- well. There's never a bad reason to to watch Ridley Scott's Alien, but I rewatched it last week. I'm gonna watch watch Aliens this week. I'm gonna watch all of them up until director's cut or theatrical cut. Pardon? Director's cut or theatrical cut? Of oh, Aliens. The aliens. Mm. Oh, uh, director's cut. Really? Always. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, I'm a huge. Fan. I'll actually because I've I've got the Blu-ray. I'm gonna watch the extras and everything. They, by the way. <laughs> It, as far as movie extras go and making of you can't get much better than Aliens it's really really I have the anthology box at home I've never touched the feature section it's like three oh, discs I'll get to it though it's so really really yeah. good so the features of the second one Aliens yeah okay. Okay, well like, all of them really ju- just, uh, just watching uh, just watching what a uh, what a total hard ass Cameron was for the English crew is really <laughs> fascinating because they were a uh, Scots crew from Alien and uh, like oh, okay, if you know anything yeah, about yeah. the way James Cameron makes movies he just showed up and he likes to consider like the project to be everybody's project so when people mm. aren't on board like oh, there's a gas there's a gas into, like when they wouldn't work past uh, guild hours so uh, he looked up guild regulations on what food he had to give them and very interesting <laughs> stuff like a war of wills going on on the set excellent but uh, yeah I'm going to work the whole way through to the alien versus predator and probably even Prometheus which I actually really like because I'm so yeah, freaking excited about this like what was great for me about the original alien movies was that uh, Ripley was a great character in that like she'd been through such horrible things and yet she never like moaned about it she always just sort of uh, got on with things uh, that, like when she had every right to go oh leave me alone I've had a hard life she just kept going so she was real like badass heroine so 
my question about this new version is is, is Sigourney Weaver going to be back in any capacity at all? Oh yeah, she's back. Yeah, she is. Totally back. That's that's the, that's so so the, what, the, what premise are they going the with? It is. No one really knows yet. There oh, was yeah, some concept art. but Basically, he did the concept art when he worked with her on this. On, on Chappie, um, yeah. On, uh, no, no it was during Chappie, wasn't it? I heard. She was in uh, Elysium with him as well. She was no, that was no, Jodie Foster. Jody Foster. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. With a ridiculous um, accent. Those two. No, um... Those two. accent. It was... But apparently he came up with the idea years ago um, the concept art like, is something they've been working on privately but it was a weird story because it sounded like the concept art leaked and then the internet went oh it looks really good and the then suddenly went the, oh green light quickly it was the same thing with the Deadpool footage essentially that that's actually very true yeah, 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 yeah. it's just like they were, so basically they, they must have an intriguing concept to be honest for me the most intriguing concept that there's ever been for an alien movie wasn't made in the form of Alien 3 they were going to say no the big wooden, wooden yeah, yeah. that sounded fascinating <laughs> um, but uh, it's just another one of those uh, one of those uh, unmade classics from one mm-hmm. unmade classic to another. Uh-huh. Last week I had a dream. I had a dream of what I would do next on this podcast. And, Go on. Uh, so I went and dug out Jodorowsky's El Topo with the purpose of talking about it because um, basically Did you know? it's an awkward segue that I'm using to get off Alien and the Unmade thing because Jodorowsky's famously mm-hmm. unmade uh, Dune film which was covered in the decent enough Jodorowsky's Dune uh, documentary directed by Frank Pavage there a couple of years ago which was very interesting it was very good and your man who made the other thing with um, the cartoon dogs you know the one uh, you you've know lost the, me completely you know the 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 uh, <laughs> uh, uh, all dogs go to heaven? No, it's <laughs> about it, it, it's set in dreams, and um, it's like a animated documentary from a few years ago. Oh, you do know this? Waltz with Bashir. Really Waltz with Bashir. There's no dog. Oh, there's dogs in yeah, there. Yeah, okay, oh, fine. Uh, that was a yeah. But um, <laughs> he he's actually going to direct Jodorowsky's original concept art in an animated version of Dune. But I watched really? uh, the film that made Jodorowsky famous in the first place, El Topo, and so did you. By and, pure uh, happenstance, yeah, I did too at the same time. No, 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 I called Richard after my dream. Um, I, I have a tendency to do that. And, uh, it's very reassuring. By the way, for, uh, in the morning. anybody who didn't get the reference, that's uh, what Jodorowsky claims. Uh, brought, uh, he said he dreamed about the book Dune, and then he woke up and went and bought it, read it in a day, wrote the screenplay, blah, blah, blah. blah you blah, can't blah. read Dune in a day. Basically, God, uh, this is a load of nonsense. Uh, uh, like, it's an interesting <laughs> failure. At best, it, I, like when I was reading um, about the film after I watched it, it said that it was uh, considered the world's first underground film. That's and such a nebulous term, yeah. though. What the hell does that even what mean? What does that mean? It should have stayed underground as well. This is total <laughs> nonsense. Somebody gave this man too much money. Because it looks Do like. Do you the, think so, though? It looked pretty cheap, I thought. Uh, I mean. A lot of squibs, and that's about it. A lot of. Hey, look, go- there's a desert. Put up a wall there. There's a set. Very gory. Yeah, but it was great. I really enjoyed it. He's a terrible actor. Jodorowsky himself, ah, it kind of wavered because I didn't like him in the first, uh, the first two movies of that movie. But by the third or fourth movement of it, <laughs> I thought it, when, he was, when he was the bald monk, he was okay. I didn't think I didn't buy him as the gunslinger though. No. Um. No, he, he, like the, the first lines of the movie are some of the most. <laughs> that was really funny, actually. What is it? Uh, you are seven years You're old. You're a man now. now. You're you are a yeah. man now. Bury your favorite <laughs> toy in a picture of your mother. What? <laughs> I want to say that to someone I meet on the on the road sometime. That's just, I think it's a fantastic so, line. Uh, based on people who've heard Richard on this podcast before, and you know what sort of films he's into. I'm uh, sorry for Richard. Everything. Re- Richard recommends. Donica does not. I'm not sure I'd recommend it, but I don't hate it the way you do. I I enjoyed it. I wasn't well, bored. It was weird. It, it like it just made me sort of glad that he never got to make his Dune film. 
Uh, but have you seen Lynch's Dune though? Because I mean, I'd prefer to watch rubbish. Yeah, I'd prefer to watch his weird one than Lynch's kind of boring one. Uh, I prefer to watch. I'd prefer to watch my own version. I think I'd make a decent. <laughs> the one in your head or the yeah. stick man? Yeah. The sci-fi yeah. version isn't isn't terrible. It just didn't have much of a. The sci-fi version. Sci-fi Channel made a oh. three-part uh, miniseries of it. Yeah. God. Um, Whose recent uh, who's, uh, Ascension actually wasn't too bad. I still haven't got around to it yet, but you ru- well, I say ruined. You told me the twist at the end of the episode one, and that sounds actually quite interesting, so I wouldn't mind seeing it. No, I, it was infuriating, but there was the other two episodes. <laughs> anyway, actually, keeping on TV, because uh, I haven't been able to get mm-hmm. to as many press screens, so I've been catching up on an awful lot of television. The Blacklist is a doozy. It's like an already Joss Whedon show. Uh, I would genuinely recommend it. I can't talk about the premises of Sons of the Lambs, like, you know, creepy old psychopath oh, finds... Is- Young, nubile lady to help him do crime stuff. Like, it is dumb, 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 <laughs> dumb. But James Spader in a but thing James with Spader. a hat. <laughs> That's it, exactly. You've got the concept. James Spader catching criminals and being all like, like, ooh, there's this cheeky connection with me and this young girl. Like, just in case anybody who watches it isn't, like, like you should get the, twi- the, the mid-season uh, one twist straight away, but it's like totally dumb mm. essentially what you're watching it for is James Spader chewing up scenery and oh, but yeah. it's totally worth it uh, also what I've been watching which I'm loving is Fortitude um, I really recommend it I'm not far into it yet but I am quite enjoying it yeah yeah that whole Nordic noir spin on things yeah. you know what I mean like a crime is committed but it's like like you everybody knows everybody in Fortitude um, uh, so it's and just, there's ancient mystical mammoth bones yeah, <laughs> and what they're doing to people, it's gas. I'm I, like, I'm hoping it doesn't go somewhere dumb. I'm hoping there's like a real I could world. see this going like zombie virus, because it seems like, it, it, the way it keeps kind of cutting out the shots of it thawing out, like there's going to be a virus now, isn't there? And then it's going to infect everyone, and like a town of rabies-infested weirdos. Or... If it goes from dusk till dawn, I'll hate it. I, I would too, but I can see it going that way. It, I'll hate it, it. It feels like they're going for a quasi-mystical kind of true detective style thing, so I'm I sure. haven't hated many things as much <laughs> as I've hated it from dusk till dawn. Oh wait, the show or the movie? The movie. I didn't watch the show. Okay. I just hated it. It's just a, like it's such a good movie at the start, and then it just descends into <laughs> stupidity. And I've also been watching Better Call Saul, which is great. I haven't uh, watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just keeps getting better. Um, I, I I love Breaking Bad, and mm-hmm. I'm liking this even more. Now it's on to the all important part: what people tune into. Our opinions on the latest movies. Whoop whoop whoop. Two hours later, so here's what you tuned in for. Everybody's uh, everybody's seen Jupiter Ascending. Yeah? Indeed, we have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, so I will sum it up as best uh, I can. Good uh, luck with that one. Yeah. I'll jump in where it needs to be. Uh, Jupiter Ascending. Uh, the Wachowski's uh, latest contribu- contribution to the world of cinema is essentially. Dune done by William Gibson. No, what it is is it's under the skin, but dumber. It's the same basic plot as Under the Skin. But, oh, you know, under the Skin ex- was an excellent film. It was, by yeah. comparison. Um, not oh, by yeah, comparison, yeah. But, The best <laughs> thing about this, and I've heard some critics complain about it. it is, oh, hold on, we better start. Oh, yeah. So this uh, uh, family who owns an intergalactic enterprise harvests and sells genes. Skin, or not skin, yeah, like human essence or some yeah. nonsense. Uh, and uh, essentially, Earth is a big factory that they made. And yeah. Made, like, total it's a people show. farm. And Eddie Redmayne is... Pretty, walks around whispering an awful lot. Eddie Redmayne is... Like this with a croak in his voice, and yeah, it's He's very odd. He, with like whispers all the way. The through. more I think about, it, the more I enjoyed him in hindsight. I think, yeah, yeah. yeah. It I, was ridiculous. I would have preferred though if it was a more theatrical, over the top. But he screamed a bit near the end. There was some screaming near the end. Yeah, but I just kind of, I think, like. I know you and I, Richard, we've talked before about like actors like Willem Dafoe or Ava Green and how they're brilliant at doing like over the top acting. Whereas mm. I kind of felt like Redmayne, the, the whispering thing was just weird, especially in scenes where you couldn't actually hear what he was saying. <laughs> that was annoying, like for me. But. 
Um, he, yeah, he's the I first actor was... to win an Oscar the same month as being in Jupiter Ascending, though. So, I mean, fair play to him, I guess. Yeah, um, and that'll never happen again because no. Jupiter Ascending is literally a one-time thing. Yeah, yeah. Unless it makes, like, World War Z any spectacular amounts of money and they make, like, ten sequels. It's flopped, though, so kind of badly uh, financially, so... That's um, a little disappointing to hear. I kind of hope for a sequel. Um, yeah, I would mind see, like, uh, I'd maybe a cartoon or a comic would do this. Um, yeah, probably a comic, actually. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this was... Uh, ah, it had potential, but in the end it was incredibly dumb. It, it, it was, like, for me, and it was slightly less boring than John Carter, <laughs> but uh, it, it, wow. it was one of the worst feelings of, of being in a cinema, is just sitting there and thinking, ah, God, if you don't, like, if you don't only have a, had a bit of cop on, I mean, and I'm also, like, there's so many moments in it where, like, I'd love to, like, get the person who sit, like, there, there was people in an editing room at some yeah. point, pointing at a screen <laughs> of, a, of a giant Mac screen, just going, just going, yeah, that's a really good idea, what you're doing right there is a really good idea, and I'd like to slap them <laughs> and take their salary, like, that's nonsense. Is, is it worth pointing out how this was supposed to be released last summer, then Warner Brothers delayed it until February, so there's all these theories about, like, how different is the edit compared to what the Wachowskis wanted, or is this what the Wachowskis wanted, or it's kind of, because, like, it, it feels, weirdly, it, it feels like a like an assembly cut of a movie or it feels like you know like maybe if it had been longer like it might have made more sense or might have been better which is a weird thing to say about any movie I but mean it's just, like, I'm not sure I get the assembly no. cut theory because the only bit that feels out of place is the Terry Gilliam cameo and the whole kind of Brazil subplot there for like five minutes like, yeah, that's, that, it's it was, great but where does it come from yeah, like, no, there's no context like, for it all it was was an open ended tribute to Brazil yeah like, and like oh look there's Terry Gilliam why a, is he here it was a different film <laughs> yeah it literally was it was that oh, like it was so Oh, Mila Kunis was glaringly miscast. I thought she was okay. I thought she was oh, fine. No, dum de dum dum dum. Um, uh, Dio, Dio Donahue uh, does a great review. I'd, I'd really recommend it. She uh-huh. pretty much sums up the way I feel about this film. Uh-huh. Um, I, I knew it was going to be shite. Uh, Rory Moore my co-host was uh, I saw it with Rory actually yeah. and I the both of us actually I think for the first hour were enjoying it because like when the first big space battle happens yeah no not IMAX in 3D and it was mm. terrible the 3D is shocking bad because the subtitles are all blurry so it's horrendous but anyway um, during the first big kind of space battle in Chicago both of us were sitting there giggling as school children because it was, it was so preposterous that it was great but by the second hour when you've had like 40 odd minutes of just endless space battles it's like oh just end oh, yeah, especially so- the end the big kind of finale is the worst kind of excessive Michael Bay level CGI over the toughness yeah uh, I, I thought it was a giant pile of pants and worse than I thought it was going to be that's um, I, I, and, and Sean Bean doesn't die spoilers yeah that's all <laughs> so they're booking the trend one way I mean I think the Wachowskis have always well, been well Silent both that trend too, and yeah, no, but I mean, like, like I'm, I'm, I, I love the Wachowskis. I, I mean, they, they've made great movies, and this one was kind of, it, it was disappointing, you know, because like it's, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I feel like it, it had the potential to be either better or even more ridiculous, where it was just so ridiculous that it was That's like was g- giggling for, like yeah. all the way through it. Whereas it, 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 you're, it's only like some bits of it where you're kind of like, oh, this is so silly, it's great. Mm. So it's gas. Where are they getting the money from? Because, <laughs> like, of all the like. You know the the big complaint about uh, Hollywood these days is yeah. that like there's no original storytelling. Now, this is original storytelling, but like 
was that the only reason they took it? Is like, but did, was did this... somebody go? Oh, they're they're giving out of us for not taking original stories. <laughs> they're world building. I'll show them. <laughs> Give me that piece of shit you wrote there. Uh, there there's a lot of world building in the movie, so I think they they saw there was a potential for another franchise in it. Like, I guess. But like, was this American funded or was this like because wasn't Cloud Atlas sort of funded by Germany or something? It was yeah. funded by a bunch of different places. Yeah, yeah that's why Tom Twyker ended up. Yeah, yeah. So was this the same? Because Tom Twyker was involved this as well, wasn't he? Yeah. In capacity. So was it American was ones? He? I think he was. Producer, I think. Yeah. Something, but, um, Probably just means sure. they're mates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so um, a, a big from me for Jupiter Ascending. Uh, not that you would, but don't go see it. Uh, do go see... I was very disappointed. I was supposed to interview the producer of this. Mm-hmm. He's a hero of mine. Uh, Sean the Sheep. Now, I'm a big Airman fan. If you're not, you're bad at watching movies, quite frankly. Uh, Shaun the Sheep <laughs> is the feature-length uh, outing of a character that was introduced in... Um, Probably the second best thing Ardman ever did, I'm going to say, uh, a close shave. I think the best thing they ever did was the wrong trousers. Both Wallace and Gromit shorts. Um, I love Ardman. I just last week rewatched uh, Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists. Mm. Uh, if you haven't seen that, definitely. I've seen almost nothing they made, which is disappointing, I know. I've seen, I think I've seen Curse of the Rare Rabbit, and that's probably it. Did you enjoy that? Yeah, yeah oh, that's good. Terrific. I fell asleep in the middle, but that's because it was a film series lecture and it was evening time. But it wasn't cause, not because it was boring. Cause yeah. I fell asleep, but well, no, I was, it was good. I was supposed to meet Phil Lord, and it's probably a good thing that I didn't for the interview because I would have gushed way too much. I mean, I was meeting uh, uh, what's his face from Kevin Hart from the Wedding Ringer the, the the same week, and I wouldn't have been all. I that thought you were terrible. joking about that. You actually met him? Yeah. Oh wow. And I, I wouldn't have. Um, I wouldn't have. Um, gushed at all uh, star, uh, star wise over Kevin Hart but Phil Lord I wouldn't have been able to ask a straight question yeah. and this did not disappoint uh, this is really Good. hilarious if you've seen the uh, the cartoon it's pretty much more of the same basically the farmer he uh, gets knocked out and uh, wakes up to think he's some sort of like um, like fantastic singer dancer type and he goes running all uh, gallivanting all over the town and the farmer have to get him back they of course don't speak they just make sh- uh, emotive sheep noises yes it's all very very funny um honestly like Ardman were making pixar movies before pixar started making movies just like genuinely like genuine films with great laughs uh who basically like they, they're very much for kids and adults they're essentially just very entertaining uh films for a general audience uh, there's a hilarious nod to the Shawshank Redemption in which I'm not going to spoil for you but um, really his kids will get that reference but uh, I mean, I, no, I mean like, it does is look there an issue with I've kids seen. not getting a reference in a film um, I, I'm, 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 from bits I've seen of it is it like mostly non-verbal it's, com- like, it's almost all... completely non-verbal yeah because I mean that that looks great it Looks like, I mean, that kind of comedy pulling that off I mean looks great so yeah but um, I'd like as far as I, I, I would be concerned Jokes which kids don't get in a, in a film in a children's yeah. film has always been the making of a, yeah. of a great kid. If they're film, there for the right. adults and it's done well, well it can go yeah. too far. Like remember the Lego Movie last year, there were complaints of kids. I actually remember when I saw it the second time around, there was kids clearly bored in cinema because those references were not for kids. And I think if you can go too far with it, like it's too adult centric, it just fails as a kids movie. Are you giving out about the Lego Movie? <gasps> no, it's probably my favorite film of last year, if not top three. But uh, just as a kids film, it kind of fails. I know all kids. I know <coughs> love it. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. It's like um, I know kids who love it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know kids. I guess. <laughs> yes, <laughs> weirdos. Uh, Relatives, gonna, Richard. Going to backtrack a little bit because um, ju- just to talk about things that uh, you wanted to discuss with me personally. Thank mm-hmm. you very much. Uh, first of all, we're going to go the route of a uh, Kingsman because I discussed it openly here. What did you think? Yeah, well, I think it's been out for long enough now that we can probably spoil things. But I 
I absolutely love this. I mean, I'm a big spoilers Matthew from here Vaughan, on. Yes. Just close your ears for the next few minutes. Because there's, so, there's something brilliant about the ending that we we really need to discuss. There's many brilliant things about the ending. One really terrible thing about the ending. But anyway, uh, yes, I love Kingsman. I'm a big fan of anything Matthew Vaughn does. Anything Mark Millar writes usually. So any combination of him, Ma- Millar, Vaughn, and Jane Goodman, I'll watch. It didn't disappoint. The first hour, I kind of like, this is all right. This is good. Then the church scene happens, and from there to the end, I was just Which smiling. Is a, oh, it's a great kind of love letter to John Woo that it's, it's, I clapped it's in magical. the cinema. It was, it was glorious. It was really, really cool. Oh, so we yeah. can't boo at Cam, but we can clap at Kingsman. Yes! Double standards. <laughs> I'll tell you what, no, I'm a big fan of, like, high-fiving during the Fast and Furious franchise. I'm, uh, oh, bro. you're such a dude, bro. You disgust me. Oh, all respect is gone, Donica. You, you don't like the Fast and Furious? I haven't seen them since the second one, but I wouldn't high five anyone. Listen, ironically, my, my, I like Vincent Diesel. He's good. My big, uh, my, my my big fivers uh, for that sort of stuff are the, the Fast and the Furious and um, the Mission Impossible franchise. I'm a huge fan of that. Um, great. They're but, actually yeah, I quite enjoy those. Um, I just love the way they they have a different director's canvas every time. Mm, mm. I I, re- I really find that an interesting approach, as opposed to the way they like. The Bond movies go. The Bond movies kind of follow the crowd. Look at the cocaine seventies. Yeah, yeah. But I, I'm a huge Bond movie, movie uh, fan. But um, I'm yeah. Uh, Which actually segueing back to Kingsman, I think that's the reason I loved it so much because it was literally everything I could want in the Bond movie in one movie. Like at the point oh, in the it was end, almost, it was almost uh, it was almost a, a, a lawsuit. Like, yeah, no, it was like bits of the score are just taken score. straight from David Arnold. The straight twinkles, from David Arnold. Yeah, 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 all of it. Yeah. But no, but the bit near the end where they're flying and they kind of they finally see Samuel Jackson's big base and it's a big mountain fortress. I literally just had a giant smile. This is all I wanted from a bomb movie for the last ten years. A mountain fortress. Thank you, movie. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Now, uh, things that I kind of had an issue with. Yeah, let's just nitpick it first and then right, go for right. the negotiation. Uh, yeah, uh, well, we can't talk about it for too long either, but uh, no, no, no. Samuel Jackson lisping, what the Christ was that? You'd mentioned that to me before I saw and when I was watching it, it did kind of bug me. I sort of forgot about it as I went along, but every time he started talking again, I did sort of kind of go, oh, yeah, the list. I, I, Why I, I did they do that? I didn't mind it. Like, what bothered me more was the fact that his his plan, he was a climate change activist, his basically, plan and was they made him to be a villain. You shut your whore mouth. And it's just, but like, this is the whole thing. No, 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 but the, the weird thing about the ending his plan kind of works, doesn't it? Because, okay, not everyone dies, but at least half a billion people were killed off, so that might have helped the global warming, th- his approach to... Hold on, how were half warming? a billion people killed? Cause, cause That's a high estimate. The SIM card is going off, and there, there were people, there were definitely some people who died, but not as much as he I'd would have liked. I'd say it was probably less than... Uh, Certainly less than half a billion. Yeah, a few million at most, I'd say, because it was only okay. going for a few minutes. I mean, I know there's that one shot of that bus just pancaking people. It's kind of, <laughs> I mean, politically, this kind of... And, you know, I, I can't stay mad at this movie, because it has scenes like the church scene mm. or the skydiving scene or, or the heads exploding. Um, there are brilliant moments where I'm like, I, I wasn't can't say mad, mad at, the heads at you. Exploding. You see, I wasn't when it first I started. Liked a bit more splatter. Yeah, when it first started, I was like, oh, it's all colourful and weird. But as it went on and like the music kind of started crescendoing, I was like, no, you know what? I actually like this choice stylistically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the pomp and circumstance was pretty cool. Now. Yeah, no, I great. mean, I just think politically, though, I mean, it, it's kind of coming from this kind of South Park place of humour where they're making fun of everyone like and is, is something yeah, yeah because before you saw it you texted me saying should I go see this I've heard it's you Kip the film I'm like where did you hear that they, no. there was a re- <laughs> the reviewers talking about it as like it's being like the cinematic equivalent of you Kip that's just by trying to be all jokey and stuff but it's actually no th- there are undertones to this that are really dodgy but I see it and it's just like oh, I can't stay mad at you you, you killed apart those from for the ending I was very annoyed at the ending I know look it's, it's, oh the very last scene yes it's a Roger Moore era Bond joke taken to his logical end point but it's just 
it's just stuff not like that is dodgy. Shit. You know, it's just the execution of it. You can kind of see where they were coming from. Oh but no, it's yeah, just... I know it's supposed to be laughed at, not with. But I, you just know for a fact, somebody set like fifteen-year-old boys in the audience, and I'm going. Ooh. Yeah, no, I was glad. I, I was glad I wasn't the victim of that joke. I'll say <laughs> yeah. that because um, it was notoriously sexist. Fully well, enough, Vaughn has tried I... to defend it by saying that he made the woman instigate it. I'm like, that's fair that enough, would, but no, no, that's that's one of the no. most moronic defenses I've yeah, ever it is, heard. It's like. But he, he was like, no, she said she wants it, which gives her the power. And it's like, no, yeah, no you know, you no. Ah, he I say, sketches a cheap stereotype of Swedish girls. Uh, moving on, very quickly, I want you to talk about, because I betted you wouldn't like it. Talk about Inherent Vice. Yes, Inherent Vice. I caught this at what I think was literally the last screening of the IFI. And I went into it thinking, oh, I'm not going to like this. It's two and a half hours of my life. I'm not going to get back. The opening, let's say, what, five minutes before the title, the title comes up? Probably five minutes. I was genuinely losing patience with it. I couldn't understand what they were saying. The dialogue was so muffled yes. and mumbly. I didn't have a clue what was going on. The plot, I was like, oh no, two and a half hours of this. But once the title comes open, the story actually starts moving. It's not only quite followable, but um, I really enjoyed it. It was much more broadly comedic than I was expecting. I think that was the main thing. Yeah. You, you dug it. I really didn't think you would. Yeah, okay. I hated the opening, let's say, five minutes, and the closing, let's say, two minutes. I, I, th- I think that, with the, um, the opening... I think there was a problem, and and like I've I've done sound recording before. I think there was some kind of problem with sound, especially around this one actress who played Joaquin Phoenix's girlfriend, Catherine Waterston, or or names like that. Catherine Waterston, yeah. Yeah, I couldn't any scene she was in. I couldn't hear. I couldn't understand what she was saying. There was some kind of sound problem with her, and for me, that's a that's a flaw of the movie in that she almost like sets him off on this journey he goes on. So she's in a way she's the emotional core of the movie, but if she's just kind of bland and you don't really get a sense of her as a character then that's kind of a no I, see, I think movie. with the sound recording no, issue I I, I, that um, it was intentional like, I, he, was, he was going for like this retro 70s like look at the overexposed stock and all that crap I think the, the sound issues were probably her is like, a little flame that you uh, like I think she was a, a sort of a great casting for that because she didn't have much of a character mm. going on for her but she was especially given the way the film was shot she was incredibly beautiful and sort of cat like to look at and I thought that, that's kind of that's the dream. That's what the film is going for. The film is going for the elusive dream of the 60s that never was. Now, yeah. one thing I would, I'll ask before we move swiftly along is there. I've read the book. There was an insert scene in it, uh, which for me tied a meaning to the film and the book that wasn't initially there. And it made right. me finally get the whole thing. This is why I was so enthused about it. Because uh, the book kind of confused me a little bit. It's the scene where Bigfoot kicks down the door, comes in and eats all the weed. Yeah, it was from that point onwards, I was very confused and it lost me. Um, That was very funny. Yeah, I laugh a lot of that, but I was like, I don't know what's happening here. I'm just gone. You see, I think in the whole... They made the connection, basically, right? What what Phoenix regularly dug so much about... um, about the LAPD in the end the reason he wanted Mm -hmm. to go on and finish the case is that what he mentioned, the bond between partners, which is something that basically himself and, and Bigfoot kind of had and despite the fact that they were yeah, so Im- so image wise on opposite yeah. sides of the fence they were very much kind of the same person but it was the constrictions of society that didn't allow them to be buddies in the way they would which is the reason why he forcefully came in and <laughs> ate all the weed to try and kind of get it and make the connection and I think it was genius what Anderson did because basically beforehand the book when I was when I read it it was like this doesn't lend itself and mm. I read, the only reason I read it was because Anderson was making the film yeah, and I was yeah. like this does not lend itself to cinema but when he inserted that it made sense to me why he'd made the film at all I really enjoyed it yeah I mean it's, it's great I mean it definitely you're watching it the vibe of it is like it's a drug induced taste yeah. like it's it, it simulates what being stoned is like because it's so disjointed and all, but like in a really good way I think it did it was entertaining like, I'd say of the three PTA movies I've seen it's probably my favourite really and great soundtrack which well. have you seen uh, this The Master which I just didn't care for and Me neither. Boogie Nights oh really mm. you'd rather it to Boogie Nights 
Yeah, like Boogie Nights is great. That was a really good movie too. But I think I'd probably prefer this. You know, I think it was, it was I love funnier. everything he's ever done. Funnier. My favorite film he's made is There Will Be Blood, but I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. There Will Be this. Blood is great. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, go move along. Um, I'm going to ask you each to talk in your turn about The Duke of Burgundy. Okay. Um, which I haven't seen. I'm worried about summarizing this one because it seems like every review I've read, and even like the IFI's little kind of uh, newsletter thing, kind of gives away the opening gambit. But I'm not sure that's a problem. What do you think? No, because I mean, I, I knew it going into it's, it. I had so. read it before I saw it, but I'd forgotten about it. And then I was watching it, I remembered it kind of as the first scene was happening. Anyway, okay, the point is, it's set in this little community, and I've forgotten all of the actresses' names. Okay, the, the actresses... <laughs> you <laughs> new... Lady one, oh, and older lady two. Oh my god! No, one of them is is the actress, she's the lead actress from the Danish TV show yeah. Borgen, who plays Prime Minister. She, she was great. The, the other actress is... Uh, Chiara Diana is an Italian actress. Okay, so Borgen lady and non-Borgen lady uh, are living in a house together. (laughs) Non-Borgen lady is her maid, so it seems. But then it's quickly revealed that it's all this kind of weird BDSM performative community. So you knew that going in anyway. So yeah, so it's it's not really an issue. Yeah, like it it starts off thinking it's like um, a woman being really mean to her maid. It turns out that the one being the maid, they're in an S&M relationship and she's instructing her on like what what she wants in this S&M role play down to like what dialogue to say. So it's yeah. a sort of exploration about that brilliantly counter-programmed with Fifty Shades of Grey. It was like yes. released a week after Fifty Shades of Grey showing, no, this is what S&M is actually like. Go see this instead. So, I mean, that was mm. great sort of uh, timing for the release. And uh, But like beyond that, there's not really much summation you can give to it. It's a lot of moth imagery. Uh, there's a, yeah, because um, what happens, it, it seems that their profession, their profession oh, is to, uh, <laughs> their jo- it shows them in this village you're living in. They, they're like teaching at a zoology school and there are all these lectures about moths or something. It seems to be populated entirely by women. And um, we, we had this weird theory, like what if the entire village is, is an aging S&M lesbian moth enthusiast? Because it was really, because yeah. it was entirely not a single man in this movie. And, uh, but the only job any of them have seems to be writing about moths for the local college, which only deals in moth-based lectures or something. It's which very made us think strange. it was some kind of SM so, so maybe there's kind of a mind-blowing reading you could look into. But anyway, that back way, to the film itself. Uh, I loved it. It's sort of... It's Burbian Sound Studio, I really liked, but I think this holds together better as a kind of cohesive whole. I agree. And there's a bit near the end where it gets a bit sort of Gaspar Noe-esque and weird and that whole moth sequence, yes. the dream sequence. Like, it's fantastic and it's creepy and it's strange. I don't quite understand what happened, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. I'll probably need to watch it again, I think. But so far, I'd say movie of the year. Yeah, no, it's really well shot, really well acted, and mm. uh, and you know quite sweet. Uh, there's a lot going on thematically, but it is weird. It is a very weird movie. No, we'd expect nothing less from uh, Sir, uh, Mr. Peter's trip. Indeed, now, indeed. Uh, Give me a bit of a chat, Richard, about uh, Project Almanac. Project Almanac you know. is basically chronicle, but with time travel and post superpowers. A bunch of teenagers discover. Now, one of the kids is trying to get into MIT, so he's trying to make an experiment. So he goes to his dad's old experiments, finds a videotape of himself at his own 8th birthday or some nonsense anyway they find out that his dad has like a Tony Stark style lab in the basement which has just been there for like 10 years they didn't bother looking at it and he's a time machine sitting there so they go off and it's an MTV movies production so they go to like you know I don't know what's what did he used to is it Hullabalooza I think it's Hullabalooza <laughs> it's one of those things and you know oh look how fun life is blah 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 blah. that's, that's, that's it sounds awful it sounds hang on, it's wait for good it. at the start I know it sounds awful <laughs> wait with me uh I actually think that was probably the best bit of it. The film I was at strongest when they were just indulging in kind of cathartic time travel abuse. Uh, once it tries to kind of resolve itself and have the whole, you know, the responsibility of having this power, blah, blah, then it just goes to hell. And it's this bizarre kind of mad dash for a finale in like 10 minutes. It doesn't resolve itself at all well. The, the lead actor, whose name I've forgotten, is actually really good. Um, and the one thing I'll say in its favour is it's ruined the trailer, but there's a 
the time travel paradoxes when they indulge with them the visual for it it's really creepy and it's I wish they'd done more of that but if you're like 16 I'm sure it's probably good I thought it was fine but I'm like an aging cynic so I don't know Ah, no, 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 I'm, I'm willing to take you on board on this one. Uh, what else uh, am I uh, free to talk about? I, like I said, I, I, I've been working on my own thing, but I, I would like to talk about two uh, very quickly now. Well, three, I'll go, I'll go with three. Uh, so um, in, in, um, in lieu of the Oscars, I went to see Selma uh, with somebody. I thought uh, David Owowo was... Uh, oh, well, no, hang on. Owowo. Owowo. Yeah, I don't have that the time fine. to learn these things. Um, was uh, was very good. I thought the bridge sequence great. was very good. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, aside from that, it was very boring. I thought it was a film that uh, was kind of interesting. In uh, I heard a lot of interviews with him beforehand, and I know that Steven Spielberg owns the rights to those speeches. So yes. they had to construct their own around Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, vocal perimeter, which was quite interesting. But they kind of covered all the bases uh, that you would like them to about uh, if, for what you know about his life. Yeah. Uh, but they just didn't do it so well as like the likes of, let's say, uh, Richard Attenborough's uh, film about Gandhi or Bertolucci's The Last I, Emperor. I but, love Gandhi. I mean, and like yeah, what, what Gandhi did, it was it was it's like it's one of my favorite films. And over the course of three hours, it goes through fifty-five years of his life, and it just does it so well. With Selma, the approach is just focusing around the events of Selma and this specific yeah, yeah. campaign it, in Alabama. It was, and it was it was more um, it was more. Uh, modernist and epic in, in its approach isn't it it, it, it kind of tried to um, to, uh, to to funnel what you'd like to hear about him into this one mm. very interesting incident what my issues with it was it, it was it was kind of boring in part mm. quite frankly it, it, it got very talky and then when it was good it was electric the reasons that I would recommend it are for uh, the music the bridge sequence and if you the performance and if you don't know a great deal about Martin Luther King it's actually it, it's that sounds it's, like a decent praise you're giving it there it's, it's relevant yeah but man, the, it's kind of boring like yeah, that's the thing yeah. I mean like, I, I was I recommended it in, yeah. the, in the same like uh, way uh, I'd give it the same recommendation as I would uh, the Sam Mendes film uh, Rush, Revolutionary Road um, it's very interesting in a lot of ways as well. But yeah, exactly. But it's kind of boring. <laughs> it's very forgettable. But I'll tell you what. Um, when it when it comes to this sort of film, if you want a good means to mm. teach somebody who knows absolutely nothing about Doctor Martin Luther that King, fair enough, yeah. this is a this is a good way to go. It, it it's not in any capacity memorable. The best thing about it for me was basically seeing Oprah Winfrey get bludgeoned in the face uh, I really that was good you sold me on it already <laughs> I, I did enjoy that it was nearly as good a, like by the way uh, interesting it reminded me of one I think a great film by uh, Christopher McCarty Way of the Gun right. um, which is worth it alone if you just want to see Sarah, Sarah Silverman get punched in the face several times <laughs> it's worth it oh but yeah it's a really really good film um, and now I'm going to move on again to a classic that I saw for the first time on the big screen Casablanca was on general re-release uh, oh, and it was in a screen populated only by kind of enthusiasts because <laughs> they were just laughing at familiarity it wasn't even the jokes like uh, like Peter Lorre whenever he said it everyone was like loving oh, that's that that's horrible though uh, I hate when that happens in movies uh, oh no 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 because I saw Blue Velvet once at a re-release and it was these nerds besides laughing at every kind of meme joke line from I was like oh shit uh, no these weren't uh, these weren't nerds they were like uh, were kind of like Casablanca nerds uh, yeah, 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 <laughs> like I whenever it used to be shown on RT I used to watch it every Christmas I genuinely think it's, no, no, it's, just, a, no, it is a it's just movie. such a perfect yeah. film um, mm. and like uh, oh god like nobody can d- deliver some of the lines that Bogey does quite like, <laughs> like my favourite one this time around was um uh, you done some great work, Victor. Well, I try. Everybody tries. You succeed. That's just, oh, <laughs> just it's just ah, they don't make movies like that anymore. Quite obviously, because it's awesome. And the other one that I saw, which is going to be my 
film of the week uh, is uh, Savage Stories. Well, no, it's translated yeah. directly from the Argentinian. It's Savage Stories. The English re-release uh, title is Wild Tales. It's an Argentinian anthology film about just sheer madness and human badness. Uh, uh, it's really, really worth the worth the shout, especially if anybody interested in in becoming a filmmaker themselves. It's pretty much a collection of a really good short films. It because oh, short films and short stories should be just about moments. And I'll let me tell you, fair enough. The final story, which is maybe about forty five minutes mm-hmm. long, is more of a novella. But so far, it's easily the best thing I've seen on screen this year. It's, a, well. it's set around a wedding, and it's just generally about just badness in human nature, and it's really, really cool like that. Um, so, lads, whether it be in the cinema or otherwise, new or old, best thing you saw in the last week? Uh, last week? Uh, either Big Hero 6 or Snowpiercer, I suppose. Hmm, cool beans. I love Snowpiercer. Till this I, I heard about it before, and I, I kind of been a bit sceptical about seeing it, but I really did enjoy it. Like, it was... I, I think... I know you're saying Chris Evans is great. I don't think he's that good in it. He's a bit bland, but everyone else is fantastic. Mm. The plot makes no sense. The ending is horrible, but... Great crack, though. Oh, yeah, it's a great action great movie. Wonderful crack. soundtrack. It's just... Like, as they walk... As they meander through... Nonsense. Uh, as they, oh, nonsense. Oh, like nonsense. No, the bit when they go into the freight train, and it just says, army of guys in, like, black hoods holding axes. Like, oh, where did yeah. they come from? Where were they hiding? And, like, <laughs> and do, they, do they just walk through the sushi yeah. bar? Like, like, when everyone's there eating sushi, they're like, oh, right, sorry, you're just on the way to... Uh, <laughs> To wreak bloody murder on the poor people. Pretty oh, much, I see, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, just in case of the revolt. Yeah. I want to see this. When is it in the cinema? Yeah, oh, it's well famously gone. missed uh, the cinema. Because oh, uh, Harvey Weinstein was a dick about yeah, it. Yeah. Was a dick about it. Yeah, totally. Oh. Uh, best uh, thing you saw in the last week, New World. Oh, that would that would have to be a tie because I had the luxury of seeing two movies, one after the other, in the IFI. Mm-hmm. There was uh, White God and It Follows. Uh, White God being this uh, Hungarian movie, which starts the off as this kind of yeah, it starts off as this lassie come home kind of thing where like a girl is separated from her dog and it's in a dog pound and you think oh this is going to be one of those like Disney movies but then it's like uh, until they rise up and then it's the dogs overrunning the city and it's like Planet of the Apes but with dogs and do they um, have machine guns on horseback it's uh no, but ah. they, they are running through the streets of Budapest and it's um, it's really well shot and um, everything's really well set this, up yeah. and, uh, you know, really good. And then uh, in a similar vein, It Follows is, I mean, if you like horror movies, you should like this because It Follows is, um, yeah, it's a teen horror movie about um, a sexually transmitted disease of sorts where mm-hmm. um, you'll be followed by um, a kind of apparition that takes different forms see, I'm dying to like, see it followed but the trailer made me laugh because it looks like the thing following her this is half a guy in a jock strap standing on a rooftop staring at her like that what? It's, it, it, change, it changes appearance a lot but it's just okay, again fine. it's really well shot the, the music is this old synth music that has that oh, sort of 70s that. vibe Excellent. in fact pretty much everything about the production design and everything it gives a 70s vibe except one character has a smartphone that's like in the shape of a shell which would suggest it's set slightly in the future but everything else about it has this kind of timeless feel about it and I just I just think it's really Sounds well good. shot. It looks really, really good. Yeah. I'm really, really Dying looking to forward it. to watching that, uh, to be quite honest. And the best thing that I saw in the last week, sorry lads, it kind of trumps uh, all, all the old hoes. I, uh, I rewatched uh, No Country for Old Men and it was just brilliant. Uh, it's actually the, be- the best hmm. watching I've done of it. Um, but aside from that, I'll have to go Wild Tales and I really recommend people see it. Now lads, if uh, for the next time you're in the, the, you're, you're in the cellar, you can maybe come back and we can all uh, think of a, a good anthology movie. Have you seen the Twilight Zone movie? No. Oh, well, there you go. There's I don't know. Watch have that. You, have you seen Four Rooms? I've heard of it. haven't seen it. Ah, well, there you go. I uh, haven't seen Four Rooms either, but I'm not going to watch that one. Oh, no, no, no. Actually, I'll watch Four Rooms. Have you seen A Touch of Sin? Touch of Sin? What's that one again? Chinese movie. No. Anthology stories from last year. One of the best films I saw last year, in fact. Hmm. All right. 
We so, all go, we all good with our homework. Sounds good. All right, lads, we're gonna uh, go uh, try and uh, find Rory Moore. If anybody does see him wandering around Dublin, he's uh, he's uh, ginger and answers to the name of Gimpy. Uh, we'll be <laughs> off and we'll chat you as soon as we possibly can. Probably sooner than usual. And uh, that is, in fact, a promise because we're gonna try and get something. Don't lie out. to the people, don't again. No, we're Don't gonna, lie to we're them. gonna get something out, especially for Jadif, which is really soon, Richard. All right. Um, um, in the final words of um, of uh, Mel Brooks, oh my goodness, have you ever seen such cruelty? Bye bye. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star. His job to offer battle to bad men near and far. He conquered fear and he conquered hate. He turned dark night into day. He made his blazing saddle a torch to light the way. When outlaws ruled the West and fear filled the land, Cry went up for a man with guts to take the West in hand. They needed a man who was brave and true, with justice for all as his aim. Then out of the sun rode a man with a gun, and Bart was his name. Yes, Bart was his name. He rode a blazing saddle. He wore a shining star His job to offer battle To bad men near and far He conquered fear and he conquered hate He turned dark night into day He made his blazing saddle A torch 